right. It's been a long time coming, but Brad Lambert finally have you on the podcast to chat. We've messaged back and forth for quite a while, and I'm excited to dive into getting to know you a little bit better here. How are you? Doing well, man. How are you? Doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. Excited to talk to you. Want to dive into a lot of different topics with you today that we've kind of shot back and forth. Um, but want to start off with for those of you, those of the listeners who may yeah. not know you, tell us like who who you are. Who who is Brad Lambert? What do you do? I'm I'm just a guy. Just I'm a just guy. a man making my way through the galaxy. <laughs> um, no, I mean I, I I I love sports. I love entertainment. I I started off in the sports industry, working with a lot of professional teams and professional athletes, uh, servicing as like a, a producer of sorts for content, uh, social media. Uh, management and a marketing sense of helping with endorsements and, and just trying to help these guys on and off the field. Um, I'm from Pittsburgh. So a lot of that work was done with the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and the, the guys uh, on the team. I've been around that organization um, since like 2005, 2006, which is as a, as a fan and as a Pittsburgher myself like that, it's a, it's an honor. I mean, to, to be around those guys and, and to have, you know, genuine relationships with them on and off the field, even after they hang up the cleats and they're done forever. Um, you know, uh, Willie Parker is a guy I met when I was in high school and we're still really, really close to this day. I'm uncle Brad to his kids. Um, we've grown up together. I mean, it, it, it was, you know, and he's been retired since like 2010. So it's like, you know, that's, it, it's, it's bigger than, you know, the business it's bigger than money it's bigger than the sport you know it's it's genuine relationships which i talk about all the time on podcasts and at my speaking engagements but um i was in the sports industry a really long time and and then i had the opportunity to come out to los angeles and uh my my dear friend jimmy rich gave me the opportunity to kind of get my feet wet in the entertainment industry uh working with team downey and robert downey jr uh, and that was my shotgun intro to the industry i learned every baseline thing you could possibly learn from script analysis to script coverage to production. And it was a very short term opportunity uh, with the intent to be used as a springboard for me to go somewhere else. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed my time there. I learned so much from a lot of really talented, amazing people. Uh, and then I went to Warner brothers for a few years and worked on the marketing campaigns for TV film and catalog titles, um, which was awesome because that was like my first time really dealing with huge ips that i love like yeah. you know harry potter and you know dc and you know that was just awesome so you're the guy to blame for dc nope definitely know. not don't do that <laughs> um but it was it was cool to kind of be the guy behind the scenes working on on some of these campaigns and, and creatively putting my my touch on it as well as you know from a business standpoint and a lot of the stuff that you saw coming out of social media you know i worked on some campaigns that i'm sure many of you have seen which was really cool to just be a, a small cog in that machine and and trying to help you know make things happen so that was really cool and it was a great mix of business and creative for me uh in that role so I, I really kind of found myself as a producer in a lot of ways of, of handling the business side and also having a creative element to it. Um, so I was there for a few years and then I've been on my own ever since and doing a lot of consulting, uh, speaking. Uh, I love speaking. I, I, whatever I can do or say to impact somebody's life in a positive way, um, why not? 
you know, and, and I'm not up here saying do ABC, make a million dollars. I'm not one of those people um, up here saying do ABC and you're going to put yourself in a really good position to be successful and happy. And uh, I think happiness is in short supply uh, in today's world. So I think a lot of people need to kind of refocus where they're looking and, and focus on what matters. Yeah, 100% agree with that. Uh, you are a Pittsburgh fan, and as a Philadelphia fan, uh, there's nothing worse that you can hear on a podcast. Uh, but we'll we'll set that aside. Going from the sports industry to yeah. the television industry, was there a major shift there for you? Are they two like vastly different environments? I mean, in obvious ways, yes, but in in other ways, no. Um, each industry has their own unique wrinkles, so to speak. Um, but it was it was a easier transition because, you know, I wasn't coming out to L.A. to to flex being in film and jump right into production like I went to film school. But I brought my business and marketing experience, you know, to L.A. And that's where I provided that value uh, wherever I was uh, while simultaneously learning uh, the ins and outs of Hollywood and production and, you know, trying to get better and grow in that space. Uh, and I'm still doing that. So, you know, I, I, like I said, when I really found myself as a producer, um, my skill set and, and my uh, experience and what I'm good at really lended itself to that. And that's where, you know, even for the last few years, that's where my focus has been trying to get more and more involved in, in producing film and TV. And, you know, I've been working on a, a TV concept that is like my baby and, and I'm, I'm really hopeful that I can get some legs on it and, and get it going here in the next year two three but you know it's it's everything that i do is with the intent to make people better and make the world better and bring some positivity into a space that is severely lacking yeah. and we're going to get to that because you are one of the most positive people in social <laughs> Thanks, media man. in my opinion <laughs> uh, and i've said that to you multiple times before so i'm just blowing smoke right here um, so Brad, the other reason or other way that some might be familiar is a couple, you know, year and a half ago, allegations were levied towards you, um, from different content creators and social media individuals, uh, influencers, if you will, that, um, you know, made, made some headlines. And then more recently, you've had a couple articles that came out from Nikki Swift. You've had over a million impressions on the most recent one on Twitter, uh, where you've sort of gotten your story out there. Yeah, not interested in resurrecting the whole story and sure. getting into the drama, but want to know how you're doing with it all. Yeah, man. I mean, transparently, that took me to a, a very dark place. Uh, I was, you know, at suicide's door in a lot of ways. Uh, didn't really want to be here anymore. Uh, I saw my entire life get destroyed overnight. And, uh, you know, there was really no grounds for it or reasons for it or uh, deservingly so. You know, it, it was just uh, it was a nightmare in, in, on an endless loop for almost all of 2022. Um, and, uh, you know, so now mentally I'm much better. Um, sadly, when you go through trauma like that, you, your body's impacted and my health has been impacted in a lot of ways. Um, so mentally I'm doing a lot better. I'm working on the overall health element of it, but you know, I'm, I'm happy that I was able to, to get my story out and, and people can see the truth of the matter. And I'm grateful for, you know, a guy like boss logic who, who came out with me and, and made a statement saying like the whole situation was rather unnecessary and it should have been handled offline and with a conversation instead of a, you know, a very public smear campaign. Um, so I respect him a lot for, you know, doing the right thing and, and showing maturity and class and, 
uh, I've always had respect for that guy. You know, he's one of the most talented artists in the space right now. Um, and, uh, you know, he, we're, we're following each other on social media again and chumming it up in DMs and comment sections. And, you know, life's too short, man. Like it, it, it's far too short to be spending your time trying to bring other people down. And uh, especially, you know, to this level, it's just, it's just not necessary. So um, I'm just glad that, you know, it's all been put to bed and, you know, everybody can just move on with their lives, which is what I wanted to do uh, kind of when this all started uh, back in, you know, November of 21. But, you know, like I said, I, I you know, it was a, it's an awful traumatic experience and I'm glad we're in a new year and I wish all of them nothing but the best. And I'm just trying to, you know, move forward with my life. And, uh, you know, I put that article out more for me to, to say what I needed to say never in a million years would I have thought that it would have blown up the way that it did um, yeah. a million plus impressions on Twitter and it made its rounds. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it was an unfortunate situation that was unnecessary, like Boss Logic said. So I'm just glad, you know, he's doing well and, and people are moving forward and we can just all, you know, move forward with our lives and hopefully find some health and happiness and, you know, be better. So absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, at the end of the day, that's all we can do. Right. And try, yeah. to, try to be better. Um, you know, we men I mentioned you're a positive guy and this obviously had to have taken a toll on that positivity. Uh, but, you know, what <laughs> coming out of it and, you know, sitting there today in January of 2023, um, you know, what what did you take from that? Where are you at in terms of the positivity and being able to get back to, you know, the, the, the Brad from prior? Uh, how do you kind of rebound from that? I mean, in a lot of ways, I had this conversation with someone yesterday, but like I'm still the same guy. Like, you know, I, I, I am who you see online. I am who you meet in person. Um, you know, I don't play a character. Uh, this isn't a facade. Um, you know, so I, the, the Brad prior to November of 21, I'm still him. Um, I have a lot more bumps and bruises and, and scars now and, and trauma, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they say whatever doesn't kill you simply makes you stronger. Right. So, um, this, this took me to a level that I found a resiliency that I didn't know existed. I mean, I really didn't want to be here anymore. I mean, and I was very lucky to have uh, some of my closest, obviously family was huge in, in keeping me above water. And, and uh, I found who my friends are. And, and that's a, a lesson that you don't really know who your friends really are until things go bad. You know, in the darkest times and in the toughest situations, you will see who your friends are. And and I want people to understand that because, you know, I, I feel like we need to normalize label, labeling people as acquaintances and contacts and coworkers and colleagues because, you know, it's, it's a privilege to be labeled as a friend. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like we are in a space now in society that we give that label out very easily. Um, because it's sexy or cool to call someone a friend, but you know, it should be earned with time. It should be earned with effort and consistency and like trust, like that's just flat out. So, um, you know, I, I learned a lot, a lot of people that I held near and dear, a lot of people that I considered some of my best friends in the industry, you know, turn their backs on me without a conversation. And, you know, it really shined a light on, I, I truly believe the majority, there, there's a vast majority of people here in the industry uh, whose loyalty is solely dependent upon the value that you bring to them or how much you kiss their ass. And the second one of those two things stop, 
so does their loyalty. And uh, it's a level of, of just cowardice that, you know, I don't understand because that's not me. Um, but it, it is, it's sad. It's, it's disheartening, um, to see loyalty change on a dime, but, you know, opportunists will do what they need to do to get ahead and, and protect their brand instead of, you know, what's right is right. And what's wrong is wrong. And you're never wrong for doing the right thing. And that, that is like, you know, that is that, that's the realist, you know, the, the realest thing I can say, because it's sad that, you know, we've come to a place that, you know, it's, it's all about getting ahead in life. And, you know, it, it's just, it makes me sad to, to see just how frivolous relationships are now when in reality you might've held something very close to you or it meant a lot to you. And then all of a sudden, you know, people look at you like a stranger. And through that situation, I really felt like Peter Parker at the end of no way home. Um, Because people that I knew I would lock eyes with them and they would look right through me like I didn't exist. And, you know, it would be a a fair excuse if Dr. Strange did the spell to wipe their memory, but we all know that's not the case. So it's even more pathetic, but Um, you know, I, a quote that I love, you know, to know what is right and choose to ignore it is the act of a coward. Um, so, you know, I, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, what's right is right. and What's wrong is wrong. Um, and, uh, you know, I think you have to have a lot of courage, uh, and integrity to get one's foot out of your own mouth. Um, but, you know, some people would rather just throw a relationship in the trash instead of trying to fix it because it's easier. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like I said, I, I've really found out who my, who my people are, uh, the, the, the integrity of the people around me, who's real, who's not. And, you know, the, the red flags are way bigger now. Uh, so my awareness, I feel like Sherlock Holmes in in game of shadows where she's like, what do you see? And he's like, I see everything. That is my curse. Uh, and that's, that's how I feel. And it, it, it's a dark cloud that kind of follows me everywhere. Cause you know, it's, it's something that I really don't want to see. But now I see yeah. every day, every interaction, and it's it it weighs on you, man. And and I I've always been a guy that sees the best in people. I see the best version of people, uh, which I think made me a good you know talent consultant in a lot of ways, working with athletes and and influencers and and seeing the best version of them. Uh, and, and helping coach them and, and get opportunities for them so they could be the best versions of themselves. And uh, I think that's what made me good with, with talent. And, and that won't change uh, in, in trying to help people. You know, I had a conversation with a, a young aspiring media personality uh, yesterday, and I was giving him just out-of-pocket advice and, and things that I saw that I thought would work well for him and, and a friend of his. And he was like, Oh my God, I never even thought of that. That's amazing. Thank you. You know, but it, it, like I said, it's not like I didn't send him a a bill, you know, it's just like, I want to see you win, man. Like that, that's always been me, you know, and, and always will be. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's been a, it's been a, a tough, tough time. But like you said, I mean, how do I maintain positivity? Well, being negative isn't going to help anything. Um, and if I were negative through that situation, uh, I don't know if I would be here. I mean, cause that was a, a dire, bad situation. Um, so for me, it's, it's 
you got to maintain positivity because even through your darkest times, you have the opportunity to be a light for somebody else. And, and that was how I handled myself. Um, and I will always do that because there's, there's no value in me dumping my garbage on you. Yeah. You know, I have a responsibility for the platform that I do have and it's not huge, but I still have a decent sized platform. And I know that there's a responsibility for what I put out there because I am influencing the younger demographic or I had, or I can have an impact on somebody else's day. Right. So there's a responsibility there that I acknowledge and with great power comes great responsibility. I had to do it. I'm sorry. But, <laughs> but, but that's not coming. <laughs> you, know, that, you said you something know. to me offline prior to this that I think rings true in what you're saying right now is that at the end of the day, you know who you are. And yeah. I think, you know, in asking that question a few minutes ago of, you know, pre this incident to, to now, I think that's one thing that just in our short conversations with one another, I can tell has continued to stay true. Well, I appreciate that, man. I mean, and at the end of the day, like with time, people show you who they are, you know, and I've been working actively since I was like 16, 17 years old. So who I am is established contrary to public creative narratives, you know, so I know who I am and beyond the drama, people know who I am. Um, and, and time will show, you know, who people are. And the best compliment that I've received since moving to LA and Hollywood was you've never changed. You're still the same guy. And, and, you know, people who move out here and get involved in the space and change very quickly. I think that says all you need to know. But my thing is I just saw Babylon and that movie is absurd on multiple levels <laughs> but um i loved how they depicted hollywood uh they they nailed the industry to a t and granted it was more flamboyant and over the top but the the key themes of this industry were right there you know margot robbie's character was the the i just want to be famous i'm already famous i have an ego i'm a narcissist you know i just want to be famous i don't care what i have to do to get there i don't feel like repercussions are going to come my way i'm just going to live my life to the fullest because i'm a star you know there are more than enough of those in the space <laughs> then you have Man manny's character who just wanted to be part of something bigger and and he was just along for the ride and he wanted to live his passions and and you saw when he began to cut corners and, and cut aspects of his moral compass. And he progressively started to go downhill and change from the person that we met at the very beginning. And then he got into the situation that he got into, which ruined his entire career by making poor choices and cutting corners and playing dirty. Um, and then he ended up leaving LA and you know settling down and having a family. But that moment of him in the theater crying, I mean, that was him, not I'm happy cry. This is I ruined the best thing that I've ever had. Um, and that's powerful. Um, you had Sid, who is the brilliant musician, who was out here just trying to live his life too. But when he saw he had to really cut corners on who mm -hmm. he is and his character and his values, he threw it all away. He said, screw this. And he left. And then he went on to live a good life because he refused to play that game. Powerful. And then you had, you know, Brad Pitt's character, who was an actor, um, who sadly uh, combined his value as a human to his career, which I see now a lot in the influencer community is without my platform, I'm nothing. 
yeah. and and I need I need it. And if I don't have it, I'm done, you know. And what people need to understand is social media is a tool, and and it could disappear tomorrow. So you have to leverage that tool for as long as you have. And when it goes away, it goes away, and you have to pivot and do something else. But like I, I fear for the people and the young kids and the young professionals who tie their value as a human to their social media, which yeah, is dangerous. Absolutely. And and for anyone who saw Babylon, you know what I'm talking about. So it it is it's you know, I, I want, you know, whoever's listening, you're, you're more than your social media and social media is a tool, uh, for business, for life, but it's not who you are. And if you are tying yourself to social media, you're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up for, for heartache and pain. Um, because Frank, you know, the government's already talking about banning TikTok off the face of the earth. So, yep. you know, right there, you're, you, you just accept what is, you know, and, sure. and, and, take care of yourself because you're, you're bigger and you're, you have more value than these social platforms. And, you know, just your, your health and your well being is more important. Just take that. There's that coaching, Brad, that you mentioned a few minutes ago with that guy <laughs> yesterday. I hadn't heard you use that term before, but that's 100% like your wheelhouse. Oh, thanks, man. Definitely. I mean, look, I, I, I don't claim to know everything, but there are a few subjects that, I have good knowledge on and I just try to give two cents and you can take it or leave it. Um, but at the end of the day, it all comes from a place of just trying to help people. And like I said, you know, a year before uh, that crazy stuff happened, I was featured in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, which uh, is the biggest outlet in Pittsburgh, which is a major city. And uh, it was a full spread. And it said me, Brad Lambert, the Hollywood talent manager who makes dreams come true. And that, was the, the greatest honor that I, I could have gotten. It's on my wall right here. Awesome. Um, and it featured five people who've known me collectively for over 50 years. That's five zero. And they, they gave detailed stories and, and experiences on, on just who I am, which is someone who will always, you know, try to help and, and create opportunities and lend a helping hand. And that, that was the, like I said, the greatest honor I could have gotten to, to be seen like that, uh, like truly, like, I mean, they nailed it of, of who I am. And these people who've known me for that long know who I am um, and known, know like what gets me out of bed in the morning. And that's to have a positive impact on people around me and to leave people better than I found them. And my track record shows that, you know, so I just, you know, that hasn't changed personally and professionally. I mean, I'm, I'm constantly trying to help people and, and be a light and uh, you know, now even more so. It's good to hear. That's very good to hear. You mentioned social media and that's kind of where I want to segue into now sure. talking about the impact of social media on the industry itself. So talking about film and television in particular, but also, you know, one of the things that is constantly coming up in one of the critics groups that I'm involved in is this conversation of critics versus influencers or influencers versus X, Y, Z. And the fact that a lot of people just don't know what bucket to put influencers in that yeah. is, you know, really kind of this newfangled thing that started a couple of years ago, really, and took on prominence and has become careers or whatnot. But you've, you've been involved with the influencer community. You've been involved in other levels of the industry. How do you see the onset of influencers uh, as well as the onset of platforms like TikTok and other social media platforms impacting the industry. 
I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's very self-explanatory of the value of social media, yeah. uh, the, the views, the impressions, um, the studios now are fully immersed in creating, you know, opportunities for influencers to come to early screenings or go to the premieres because they know like they're going to create content and push it out and it's essentially free marketing. Um, so I, it, it's just going to get bigger and more involved, but on the critic side of things, you know, the established critics who have been in the business for 20, 30 years, who are old school, you know, newspaper articles or even now digital articles that you read online. It, it, it is a, a scary trend that you see because they are more of old school Hollywood. And now you see these new age, you know, influencers and people with platforms who, once again, they bring value. You know, you, you can't ignore the impressions. Um at the end of the day, it's a quality business, though, so you have to make sure that the quality that is being put out um, is beneficial to the studios or whatever project it is. Um, so, you know, if you're putting out trash and it's reaching millions of people, that's not helpful. So it, it's finding a happy balance between quality and quantity and and the benefits that social media can bring. So, you know, like I said earlier, TikTok could disappear tomorrow. We don't know, but you know, something will come right in and take its place. I don't foresee Instagram going anywhere. Twitter is very rocky right now. Uh, YouTube will never go away. Um, and I had a conversation with that young professional yesterday talking on YouTube. And I just kind of said like, don't neglect it because sooner or later the industry is going to catch up and acknowledge the value uh, uh, and impressions of, of a YouTube reaction or a YouTube review uh, from a critic standpoint. Um, and, you know, like I said, I think a lot of people are afraid to acknowledge these changes because they might not be able to get with the time, so to speak. Um, so for me, it's, it's just, you know, you, you got to have your finger on the pulse of what's happening and, you know, just put quality out there, you know? Absolutely. One of the things that I think is turning a lot of people away from certain social media platforms um, in general is toxicity. And, you know, we touched on this a little bit, but, you know, we see it a lot in, it's all, all over TikTok. It's all over Twitter. Uh, you know, Facebook, I think, had its day with toxicity and probably still does in a lot of ways, but sure. not the most popular out there anymore. Can you talk about that a little bit with toxicity in the influencer kind of kingdom there, uh, as well as on social media? And uh, I guess where we go from here with it? I mean, I've seen a really just a sad, disheartening trend of, you know, people think it's funny or cool to be mean on social media uh, to to just literally just be mean, you know, for the sake of being mean. Um, you know, I, I think there's, there's a lot that we can learn. Uh, I do think law, you know, from a legal standpoint needs to update because, you know, if I walk up to you in the street and punch you in the face, that's assault, right? Mm -hmm. But people are assaulting people, you know, with, with DMs and, and comments and stuff very regularly. Um, and, you know, it, it's just wrong, you know, and, and they feel like there's no repercussions that can come from that. And like I said, you know, you have influencers and people of influence in that space who are creating cases for things that shouldn't be glorified uh, and, and making that this is cool. So do this thing. And it, it's, it's, you know, it's scary to see who's influencing the younger, you know, demographic in the next generation, because some of these people should not have the platforms they have because 
of of the the narratives that they're spewing or the themes that they're spewing sure. and you know glorifying negativity glorifying hatefulness you know glorifying being mean because it's ha <laughs> it's funny it's cool it's not you know and and you know you don't really understand um the impact that you have on other people um until you know sadly it gets to a point where someone kills themselves or someone's in the hospital or you know someone's suffering from severe depression due to the abuse that they consistently get on social media mm -hmm. and it's it's sad that we have to get to that drastic level to see the impact that you know our words and actions can have on people and uh that's something that i think is just we need to get reins on it and really get control over it before it gets further out of control um because you know life's hard enough i mean it is it is so difficult and you know we shouldn't be making it more difficult on other people just yeah. because we think it's cool or we're doing it to make ourselves feel better uh and that's coming from like an audience standpoint right Absolutely. you know the, the viewers uh as far as like influence or culture goes it's so fake it's so competitive um it's so insecure you literally have some of the most insecure people on the planet um who are like, you know, love me, like me, support me, because they don't like themselves. Um, narcissism is is a pandemic in that space. Um, and granted, narcissists are deeply insecure people. So they go hand in hand. Um, but it, it, it is a very toxic space. And, you know, I have friends I see on Twitter all the time who are like, I, I hate this space. Because, you know, loyalty changes on a dime for opportunity. Um, if they get a sense that you're getting ahead of them, they're going to try to tear you down. When it's like, there's enough food at the table for everybody. Absolutely. And I really believe that, like, what's meant for you will be for you, right? So yeah. if you're going up against someone else for an opportunity, if it's meant for you, you'll get it. And if you're not, that doesn't make you feel less than. That, that doesn't mean you're not important or not good. It just, you weren't fit for that opportunity and that's fine. But if you, if you go back to, you know, acting, you know, just in general, you'll, you'll get no's a billion times before you get a yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that like in the influencer culture, which is very entitled, you know, I'm entitled to X, Y, Z because I have 500,000 followers. There are 500,000 other creators who have 500,000 followers. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, you're not, uh, unless you're at the, like, you know, Liza Koshy, Logan Paul, Mr. Beast level of influencers, you shouldn't be carrying yourself as such. It's just, once again, it's a tool. It's not your identity. Leverage the platforms for what you have to move your career without leaving bodies behind you and, you know, live your best life. And, and understand that you have a responsibility with the size of the platform that you do have. If you have 3 million followers, you are impacting a whole lot of people. So you need to make sure what you're putting out is going to benefit people and not make the world worse off because of it. And that's, you know, I feel like a lot of people are very reckless with the big platforms that they have because they just don't care. And, you know, I, I hate the fact that you see creators go toe to toe and they're ripping each other's throats out and, and just, you know, nice in public, nasty behind the scenes. It's just, it's a very fake space. Um, and, and it's, uh, it's, it is toxic. And honestly, I'm glad that I'm not as active in that space. I'm, I'm much more happy. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm much more healthy. Um, because it, it just, once again, I don't have it in my bones to be fake. 
you know, I may be a lot of things, but a fake bitch ain't one. Um, that's just the reality of it. So I, 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 I understand that. And I'm so okay with that, that I don't fit in, in this industry because I do not have the capacity to be a chameleon, uh, and shape shift or offer opportunities. And, and, you know, if I don't like you, I'm not associating with you. Like, I don't care who you are. I don't care how famous you are, how many followers you have, what I can get from you. I, I don't, I don't associate with you. I'm not friends with you and I wish you well. I'm just, I'm not going to associate. Like, right. it's just not, it, it's not who I am. I, I mean, my character and my integrity, uh, I, I just, how I was raised was to be authentic and genuine and real um, and real is in short supply in, in this space and in this industry. So um, that's, that's been a huge uh, realization uh, over the past few years. Um, and once again, I, I really, you know, you find yourself, you find your crowd, you find who your people are in that and you find out who you want to be. And, uh, you know, I, I refuse to play the game that most people play. Yeah. And, and I just, and that will probably be a detriment to me and my, my success and my progress because I refuse to do that. I, I will not cut corners. I will not chop people's legs off to get ahead. Uh, I, I am an elevator. I will elevate the people around me. I will help. And if someone gets more famous or more successful than me, good for them. Like, uh, I'm, you know, if I can be a very small part of that, you know, what's better than impacting somebody's life in a positive way? Nothing. It's a shame with creators and especially those who you may meet through social media, whether we want to go the influencer route there. Um, when I feel like when I meet them in person, I'm always hesitant and I'm, I'm wondering, should be. Am I, <laughs> who's this person going to be? And I've, yeah. I've lucked out in a lot of ways. Um, but, you know, there's always some of those cases because social media and this influencer culture, I feel like has I've seen kind of what you alluded to their personalities become their social media, social media become their personalities, but then that also transform their personalities to something that maybe they weren't before, or maybe something that they never had an outlet for before that is not necessarily the most positive. Well, the, on this note, man, I, you know, I've been in LA and in Hollywood for almost nine, 10 years now. Um, and the second you step foot out here, you see how competitive it is. Yeah. You know, you, if you don't have 10,000 followers, you can't come to this party or this event. If, if, uh, your daddy's not, you know, high in a studio, you can't be part of a crowd. You know, you're at, at lunch or brunch with somebody and you hear the table next to you is like, I just made $4 million on NFTs yesterday. It, it is, it is. And if you're not mentally tough, and, and comfortable in your own shoes and where you're at in life, that can very much weigh on you. Sure. And if you're comparing yourself to the people around you or other people in the space, it can weigh on you to the point where you start cutting corners and changing your moral compass to get ahead, to try to catch up to these people that you're comparing yourself to. And in doing so, you're losing yourself. And, and that's something, like I said, I refuse to do. Um, but it, it, I hate that other people feel the need to do that. Uh, it, it's sad. It's disheartening because, you know, there are good people out here who just feel the weight of the industry. And, and if I don't do this in this time, I'm a failure. If I don't get ahead at this time, I, I've lost, you know, and it's just, you know, it, it's sad because it's, you know, you're going to hear more no's than yeses. You're going to fail more times than you succeed, especially mm -hmm. in this industry. Like it, it's, it's, you get what you pay for. 
you get what you sign up for. And when you come out here, that's the business. And it's not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. It's not for the weak minded. And, you know, a lot of people leave. And, and if I'm being honest, man, after what I've experienced and, and the people that I've experienced and, the, you know, just the way I've seen how the industry actually works, I don't necessarily want to stay here anymore. You know, and for someone who's surprised you're still there, Brad. Well, you know, leases will do that. Um, <laughs> but no, in, in all seriousness, you know, I it it, it is not um, a fun place to be um, when you get away from the glitz and the glam. And, and you really, you know, for years I had blinders on, man, yeah. because I was looking at just work. That was my passion. That was my focus. My personal life wasn't important. Dating wasn't important. It was just business and, and just trying to establish myself financially and otherwise to where I could breathe, right? That was my goal. It wasn't to get famous or anything like that. It was just to get to a place where, you know, I was comfortable. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I had steady growth, man. Like uh, from the moment I got out here, it was consistent growth. It wasn't anything to brag about or, or flex or anything, but the progress, little baby wins add up to big results. Yeah. Um, but like I said, you know, staying out here, it's, it's now that I don't have, you know, the blinders because my work was thrown into a blender and, and my career and, and life rather, you know, it, you really see things clearly. And uh, it's, it's a space that, you know, I've spent a lot of time in Florida Orlando, love Disney. Um, and uh, it, it's a change of pace. It's, it's, uh, I feel much happier and, and less anxiety. And, you know, and I get why people leave, you know, but it's, it's, you know, that shouldn't deter you from chasing your dreams. But you have to understand that, like, you have to come out here and you have to have a plan. And if you don't have a plan, don't come out here. Yeah. And beyond that, things aren't going to go your way. You're going to fail. And you either have to accept that. And be able to brush it off and keep going or this it's just not for you and that's that's okay um but it's you know i like i said i've always wanted to be someone that if i could say something that inspires someone or helps someone in some way shape or form that i've done my job uh and and there's no more gratification that you could ask for and helping someone get on a path that they could achieve their dreams and and be who they want to be um but you know, it, it's it's a tough place to be, man. It, it, it's disheartening. It's sad. It's fake. It's um, like I said, a failure. You know, and if you can't deal with that, it, it's it's going to be a rough go for you. But you know, I, I loved the industry um, up until you know. So you know, now it's trying to figure out where I'm at. You know, what path I want to go, what I want to do with my life, and who I want to be. Um, and there may be some changes, and that's okay. Uh, because at the end of the day, man, my, my focus is so clear now it's health, happiness, and peace. And, uh, you know, I really didn't have any of those three things uh, in the last year and a half. And when you don't have them, you realize how much you need them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Your comments about Orlando ring true. That's why I go down there about five times a year and we'll be going down in a week and a half. <laughs> Good. Enjoy that, bro. Just for a quick three day trip. Just to... hey, guardians, guardians at Epcot the best ride I've ever been on yet. Haven't done it it yet. It is. It is the best ride I've ever been on and nothing, nothing compares. Nothing. You're the second person to tell me that in a week. So it's it's the best ride. It's the best ride ever. Yeah. And if you get conga demand to get off the ride. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, I might like that. I I think I watched a ride through yesterday of you you need, you need September. 
<laughs> that that's the banger. So Brad, putting you know a nice bow on this conversation about sort of the industry and uh, influencer culture and all of that. If if you're if someone's watching this and they are someone who thinks they want to go to LA, they have the plan, they think they have a plan, they think they know where right. they want to go and all that. What's the one good piece of advice that you would, you would tell them right now? Something to remember as they make that transition. Um, make a plan, have a plan, throw away the plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a line from the flash. Um, yep. but, uh, I, it just stay true to who you are. Uh, and, and the second you sacrifice elements of yourself, then you're going to do it again. Yeah. So really stay true to you, stay true to your values, stay true to what makes you, you, don't let people bully you into becoming somebody else. Don't let the pressures of the industry change you into someone you're not and stop comparing yourself to other people, you know, cause that like, it's just not going to happen. It, it, it's just not fair. The, the added stress and pressure that you're putting on yourself. Um, but like, you know, be patient, you know, you have to have a, uh, a great relationship with patience if you want to be successful out here. Yeah. And, uh, that's something that I've been, I've, I've grown into being very good at and um, it, it's a, it's a very good skill set to have because, you know, hurry up and wait is the industry and uh, entitlement and impatience are not good combinations for that. Um, so I, I just think, you know, come out here, focus on what you want, uh, focus on, on your plan of action, uh, understand that little baby wins add up to big results. Uh, the consistency at which you're growing is important. Um, not the speed, the consistency, and uh, just mind who you're surrounding yourself with and and really have your eyes open and and just be very cognizant of what's happening around you and who's around you and and you know, just be smart. I asked for one piece of advice and you gave a synopsis for like a future Brad Lambert book that you could write, <laughs> which is great. Um, <laughs> hey man, you know, my, my best friend since high school is like, you know, I can't wait for that book. And I'm just like, Hey man, the, the, the chapters are getting better and better each year. So, um, you know, and that, you know, it's, it's, you'll have bumps, bumps and bruises in life. You'll have failures, you'll have setbacks, but it's how you respond to those, you know, events that will you know tell you who you are and yeah. it's you know i i said this to you off camera but the the hero and the villain aren't that different and one thing separates uh the hero from the villain and it's how they deal with pain and i i heard this quote on a podcast with lewis house and the man says you know when the villain experiences pain they say because i experienced this pain everybody else is going to experience this pain and when the hero experiences pain, he says, because I experienced this pain, nobody else is going to experience this pain. And that's the difference between a hero and a villain is how they deal with pain. Um, and that's the, that's the truest, truest thing you'll hear all day. I can't disagree with that. And I definitely appreciate you being so open about talking about all this and just your experiences. Yeah. Um, but before we wrap, why don't we get into some fun conversation? Does that sound Yeah, good? yeah, sure. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I know you're not a big Marvel guy. There's nothing on camera right now that would tell me that. What's Marvel uh, again? For those that are listening and not watching, there's uh, an Avengers hat, Avengers uh, poster, and an Iron Man 3 poster, is that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are your thoughts with Ant-Man? What are you expecting? What are you hoping for? 
I'm excited. I mean, I love Jonathan Majors. I, I think he is the next Denzel Washington. I mean, the, the dude is talented beyond belief. Um, so I'm beyond excited to see him back uh, and, and in true form as Kang the Conqueror. Uh, you know, we got a version of him in Loki, which was amazing. Uh, but now, you know, wait until you meet my variants, you know, and we're going to get that. And from what I've seen in the trailers, the the costume is amazing. The looks amazing. Yeah. And he's beating the ever living shit out of Ant-Man. So uh, I, I've said, I don't see how Scott gets out of this alive, but I do believe it's going to be very reminiscent of Hulk in infinity war where Heimdall just gets him out of there. Barely. Um, I, and I had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day about this. I think Hank is going to make like a, a sacrifice uh, and that is going to give Scott the window of opportunity to get out of the quantum realm. Um, and that's, that's how it's going to end. Um, he's barely going to escape, but I, I would not be surprised if there are multiple deaths in this film, yeah. whether it's wasp, you know, Hank, uh, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer's character, like, uh, it just, uh, I feel like shit's really going to hit the fan and it, it should because we're, we're setting up King dynasty. Um, we're, we're setting up the next big bad in the MCU. Um, and I, I couldn't be more excited for Jonathan Majors as Kang, and I cannot stress that enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm very excited for it, and I like that this seems to have a lot more weight than the previous two Ant-Man films, which I Good. enjoy. Yeah. You know, it's it's time, and there was a quote from Kevin Feige yesterday that said something like, it's time for him to be, you know, not on the sidelines or behind the scenes, but, you know, take his rightful place up front. Yeah, I, I just don't, in, in any world, I, I don't see how Ant-Man's going to be Kang the Conqueror. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I really do believe he's going to just barely escape with his life. And I think that would be a, a killer way to end the film. A MODOK change of heart? <laughs> I don't know. Um, there, Have you heard this theory about how this sets up Kang Dynasties? That go, the, go ahead. The theory that's all around, you know, the interwebs right now is that because time is different in the quantum realm, that at the end of this movie, presumably Kang gets out somehow or whatever. And that's the start of Kang dynasties, Avengers Kang dynasties. So everything else that's happening uh, yeah. between now and what, 2026 is 26, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, that all that stuff is happening while we're, while in this movie, so to speak. Jeez. Uh, I'm down. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, we all know time works differently in the quantum realm. Um, so uh, that makes sense. And it yeah. gives Marvel the window to shove as many projects as they want um, into that. So I'm excited. What's your most anticipated of the next couple of phases? Uh, I mean, it, I, I'm very excited for Spidey four. Uh, I've seen a lot of rumblings about that. Um, I think that's going to be awesome uh, into the spider verse. I mean, can't wait for that. Um, I know that's not obviously part of the yeah. phases, but I'm just talking upcoming films. Um, you know, uh, Secret Invasion, I think is just gonna dominate. I'm excited. I mean, I'm so pumped for that. I mean, it has a very much a grounded feel, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, as well as Captain America Civil uh, Winter Soldier, mm -hmm. um, which is arguably one of my favorite Marvel films. I think it's top three, maybe top five at the worst. Um, but it's it's uh, I'm very excited about that, and that obviously is gonna really set up Secret wars and and everything beyond that so um yeah i mean we got a lot of really good stuff coming um, yeah. i'm very excited and then on the star wars side uh ahsoka um is my favorite character okay. i can't wait i love rosario dawson um and then we just got the mando season three trailer 
uh, and and dude, when they showed Order sixty six again, I mean, I think we're gonna find out what really happened, um, and I, I think we're gonna get a very clear picture of that. Uh, you know how Grogu got out, you know how it went down, uh, and I'm just I'm stoked. I mean, and I really uh, with Ahsoka specifically, I hope we see Hayden again, and I've heard rumors that he's in it. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a hundred percent confirmed, but I, I believe it is. Um, but uh, to to see Clone Wars, you know, I've also heard that there's going to be a younger actress playing Ahsoka for the Clone Wars stuff, which is awesome. So I'm just like, you know, we're about to eat. We are about to eat with the Marvel and Star Wars content coming. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I'm excited. I got a text from my dad last night after the Mandalorian trailer, and all it said was Jedi. <laughs> just That's so excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, will we ever get another Star Wars movie at this point? Because, geez. There's no rush, man. I mean, I, I wouldn't say there's a rush. I mean, I would love to see the streaming stuff make its way to theaters. Um, I mean, I would pay stupid money to, to watch Mando in a theater. Uh, I had the opportunity um, to, to do Stranger Things Day. Uh, where they had part two in in a theater in their Netflix to dumb theater here in LA, and to watch Stranger Things in a movie theater was just like, I I hope they release you know season five to some extent in theaters because not only would they make a lot of money, but it would just be yeah the 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 right way to end that series, which I'm not ready for, but whatever. I could watch Max running away from Vecna on repeat in theaters. Uh, episode four episode four is iconic man the best sadie sink is going to be something moving forward oh yeah she's she's talented man there's no doubt about it brad i really appreciate you taking the time today especially thanks a lot man what people don't realize is that while we just talked for a good 49 50 minutes um we talked for an hour prior to this as well just kind of shooting the shit and talking through stuff so um, really appreciate you taking that time. You're a stand-up guy and Thanks, please man. let people know where they can find you if they want to follow along. Yeah. Just Brad R. Lambert on social media. Um, but I, I appreciate you, Joe. Um, you've been nothing but nice and supportive and kind to me over the time that we've known each other. And once again, you don't have to do that, but you are, that's who you are. And that says a lot about you. Um, so I, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, thanks for wanting to have a conversation. I, I appreciate that. It means a lot. Absolutely. All right, Brad, we'll talk soon. Thanks, man. Take it easy. Yeah.